Hi, welcome to the MVR podcast number one. And today we're talking about coping and resistance. I'm Rachel Elmer. And I'm Peter Jacob. Okay, uh, Rachel, should I tell you what made me think of this topic? Do, yeah, please. Okay, so I realize that it's very uh, important to speak about COVID in these days, but also to speak about the um, huge uh, protests we've seen uh, as part of the Black Lives Matter uh, movement after the terrible um, killing, murder um, that we witnessed. And it struck me that in COVID-19, many, many people are coping a lot. And in the Black Lives Matter movement, suddenly people shifted into a different gear, into the mm -hmm. gear of resistance. And there was a tension between those two. You know, some people are saying, oh, it's dangerous, you know, because there's no social distancing. Um, but that somehow it's just so important. It's so urgent. So I just got interested in, in this tension between coping and acts of resistance, as it were. Mm. And um, the way we see that in work with NVR, with mm. families, with schools, with you know other groups of people, um, this is really why I wanted to chat about that today. Mm -hmm. hmm. I wonder uh, why did why did this topic appeal to you? I think it's very familiar as a practitioner to be working with families mm. who make those shifts, those shift the shift into coping with with violence and and then finding strength to learn how to resist and i think that sometimes i'm working with families who can fall into those two kind of principles if you like and not really knowing that they're learning to resist and until they share the acts of resistance with me in a session then they're able to understand the, the differences. Okay. So, so if we say there's a difference between coping and acts of resistance, mm. Mm. I guess that would also imply there's a different mindset. Yeah. You know, that people move between these two different mindsets. Um, I wonder what a coping mindset is about. I think I'm currently working with a family who her coping is predominantly um, focused on the climate that we're living in at the moment. The, the COVID has restricted this family in normal normal daily functioning you know the child isn't going to school the mother isn't able to go to work um 
they are isolated from their support network and although we've been trying to be creative in how we utilize support there isn't anything really quite the same as physical that visual being in the room the sense of that embodied presence um and the parent has expressed the word coping a lot in the session that she's just existing she's just coping she's just getting through each day um and, and doesn't feel very active or, or, or yeah. taking action. So the the isolation is the result of people not being able to come around physically. Yeah, that's one of one of the issues. One of the, one of the factors. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether you used the word just coping, as if it was uh, something less than resisting. Um, Mm. you know there are a lot of images hanging in there hanging on you know when, when we speak of hanging on I, I always imagine that you're in the water hanging on to the boat mm. hoping not to drift away mm -hmm. um, surviving it, it, it implies to me something about um, day to day or even hour to hour moving on from hour to hour how do i get through the next hour how do i get through this afternoon how do i get through today yeah how will i get through tomorrow but that's about it so the time frame when you're coping seems to be very narrow right. definitely whereas when we were thinking in terms of nonviolent resistance mm. We're, we've got a much larger time frame. Mm. We're looking at where do we want to go? What, you know, parents have made an announcement. What has got to change in this family? What are we going to struggle for over the next weeks, months, sometimes even years? So that seems to me to be... Um, a real difference and I'm just thinking then sometimes people see themselves as being in a struggle but then they get detracted because it's so difficult it's so mm -hmm. tough they they are under so much pressure and so much strain and there are such difficult feelings that come up as a result of that that maybe they shift in mindset out of looking at the long-term struggle into the immediate survival, as it were. Mm. And, you know, MVR is all about, you know, it's about action. Mm. I think that for me, there's, when a parent is describing just coping, that doesn't appear or doesn't get a sense of, of her taking, her or him taking action. Mm -hmm. And that shift into the resistance position that it that is more purposeful that it is about mm. taking action against the violence it's about reminding themselves of the announcement of that pledge of how they want to move into you know a different sense of the relationship with the child and having that stronger position having some authority in their position yeah it's taking action so when i'm in a coping mindset, uh, I'm much more fo I'm much more reactive. Mm, yeah. I'm less focused on my longer term aims. 
Mm. I'm less strategic. Can we say that? Yeah. 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 And you use the word purposeful. Mm. But my actions are not as purposeful in regard to what I want to achieve in the longer term. The actions, the re they're more reactions and they're more immediate. Particularly if I'm thinking about this particular client, I think you're I think she is presenting less purposeful mm -hmm. and her positioning in the home, there's she's avoiding any interactions with the child. Um, so when we think about that, treading on eggshells, that yeah. she's really demonstrating that in her in her being, in her, her language to the child. But wouldn't wouldn't she say, well, what do you expect? What do you expect at this moment in time? I have so much to deal with. There's so much going on. He's not going to school. Uh, he's not seeing his friends. His anger is just there all the time and so forth and so on. Yeah. Wouldn't, sure. she, wouldn't she say that? Yeah. Well, that's what she did say. Is it? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of my session then was really focusing on how she wants to see herself, mm -hmm. what type of action she might consider taking and how then she sees herself by taking that action. And we spent a lot of time revisiting the network of support and how that network can support her actions and what she needed from those from the network to support her actions and for her to grow her voice and her presence so yeah so that it was helping her to really reframe her position and to think about to, to really consider those interactions that she's having with her child in the moment we we talked about grounding and breathing um you know imagining her body and her feet rooted to the ground and how she could learn to withstand the verbal attacks from her daughter and and how she wants to position herself how she sees herself and we talked about what she, how she's presenting now to how she can present with these things in mind and just in her demeanor while she sat opposite me when we were talking about that she shifted her position she she initially was slumped in the chair and then she sat tall there was some more purpose in her voice she regained a, a better body language and eye contact with me that she was determined she showed determination that that was the that was her new position that she was finding so her her psychological state changed yeah during that conversation, I was just reminded uh, of something that a solution-focused therapist once said, and that was, when you need resources the most, you're not aware of them. Yeah. So at those points, when things are particularly difficult, the the, the purpose of therapy is to help you get in touch with those resources. Mm. 
which you're perhaps more aware of when it's not so difficult. And that's what you seem to have done in that session. So you seem to have helped her uh, get in touch with the resources at this moment in time when she needs them even more mm. yeah. than, than at other times. We're talking a lot about the, the time that she remembered uh, in the past when she was um, more, more resistant to, to the violent acts and how she remembered her, you know, her her thoughts and her feelings. So she, she indicated to her chest, and she said she felt strong. I said, how did you feel last year when you did X, Y, and Z? And she indicated her hand to her chest, and she said, I felt strong. Mm -hmm. And then and then she sat up tall, and and I said, oh, what else, what else did you feel? And she said, I felt that I could do this. I felt I could cope better. So great. Okay. I'm just curious, Rachel, what changed in you at that moment? When I witnessed her strength. Yeah, and when think, she did those things. Yeah, and I think not only because you just asked. I just softened and I smiled. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wanted to celebrate her finding her strength. Uh -huh. From okay. a woman to a woman to a mother to a mother. Yeah not feeling you're strong with your children is a really a really fearful position it's horrible it's not it's unpleasant to feel not strong and i yeah i guess i smiled uh -huh. and so i almost, almost celebrated it in my face i smiled and so there was something yeah. celebratory yeah response. and it sounds like you felt more connected with her at that moment yeah, it was wonderful for her to have explored how she found that strength. And, and the strength was not spoken about in terms of any particular act of resistance that she's just carried out or that she's going right. to carry out in the near future. It was simply by reminiscing, I guess, if that's the right word, by remembering mm. uh, such such times and such moments. I was just thinking about whether it might be helpful to look at different meanings of coping. Yeah. Whether we could look at coping as a mere hanging in there. Mm -hmm. Or I'm thinking of what uh, Jaime Omer has called a tactical retreat. Okay. So... Though I'm, I'm not sure about the warlike language in that, but I, I was just thinking. So maybe, whilst someone is in a phase of coping, such as right now, maybe a shift primarily can be in the meaning that uh, a parent attributes to that coping. So if if they feel I'm just coping, I'm, I'm worn out, I'm, you know, and, and my, my child has been so difficult and, and uh, my, my supporters can't go come round and, and I, I sort of lose sight of my longer term goals and where mm -hmm. I want to go. That would perhaps be one kind of meaning of coping, but another kind of meaning of coping might be, well, I do pretty much the same things, 
but I'm aware that these are extraordinary circumstances. My energy is limited. Um, I will get back to what I'm aiming to achieve when things get a little bit easier. But I'll also tap into some of those resources that I still have. Would that be fair to, to use an even simpler, and you know me, I like simple, um, a simpler term to sort of positive and negative coping? So, for example, I have another client who is in that latter of the, the coping. Um, it's not great. She recognises things aren't great. The kids aren't back at school. Her husband isn't back at work. She's not getting the respite that she's used to having, which yeah. enables her to recharge and cope with the next, you know, the stage of the day when the kids come home from school. But this this different coping position isn't distressing her. It's not leading further to um, parental distress. It's not um, leading to more violent episodes. She just knows that it's not great right now, but she's getting through day to day. And she'll laugh and say sometimes hour by hour, um, but actually things aren't great, but they're not particularly worse than they, they used to be. They're, they're not, things haven't deteriorated that bad. And she's aware that things need to get back to normal. And so I would class both of those clients in different categories of coping, like you've just explained. So positive coping would mean a, a number of things, wouldn't it? It would mean I don't lose sight or at least I get back in touch with the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. um, I'm aware of the fact that I can't right now do everything I want to do. But I will. I will do that when things get a little easier. Um, and also something that came in is that you mentioned humor. Mm. Um, I can laugh about some of the things that are going on right now. All that is part of, of positive coping, if mm. we can call it that, as, as you've said. I'm wondering about the humor. With this particular, what is it about? The humor. Well, she often says, you know, you could laugh at this, you couldn't make it up. You know, her her day, the children off school, husband off work, he's trying to work in the front room. The parent, the mother's navigating the children away from the front room while dad's working and that doesn't go too well and they laugh about how dad's in the middle of a, a really important zoom meeting and he's got his son barging in shouting dad play with my trains and dad's <laughs> and the mum and dad are laughing and there's some irritants in their voice they're irritated but at the same time they say it's it's hilarious you couldn't make this up you know, in our wildest dreams, we never positioned, we ever thought we'd be in this position of of coping. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like that. They're, they're sort of able to laugh about the absurdity of life yeah. that sometimes plays out. And I guess it makes me think that, and, and they're not so despondent. I mean, and it's, it's, it's awful. There are days when she yeah. feels it's tragic and... Yeah she's craving for her normal to come back and 
the respite and the children and everything else, the dynamics, the family. But she's a real, you know, as all parents are, they she digs deep and finds the strength and she's incredibly resourceful um, and determined. So, you know, she shows her strengths in, in other ways. So we, we mustn't lose sight of the fact when, you know, when we, uh, when we look at the humor mm. and, uh, and those moments, those lighter moments, that it is overall still very difficult. We need to appreciate both sides of the parents' experience. Absolutely. Yet my sense is, that when parents are coping, mm-hmm. for us as NVR practitioners, it may be that our job is not so much yet to invite them into developing further acts of resistance, but in extraordinary circumstances, our job might initially be to help them moving from what you've identified as negative coping into positive coping in the first instance. Okay. Okay. That's us for today. Thanks for listening. And we hope to get our second podcast out to you in the next fortnight. Take care. Bye. Bye.